Hi, my name is Philia, and I am here with my lovely co-host, Yemi. Hey, guys. Welcome to Treading Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to diving into the deep end of open, honest, fun, but sometimes difficult conversations that surround our everyday life and our faith walk with Christ. I always say, faith cannot rely on on the wisdom of men, but only in the power of God. Now, talking about the wisdom of men, Yemi, please enlighten us about our new series. Well, we are in the season of Unlocking Wisdom, where we examine the book of Proverbs, which is designed to communicate foundational truths in order to give us guidance for living a successful life through the wisdom and knowledge of God. Today, we are talking about procrastination. This is not my favorite topic, but this is definitely a struggle of mine. And um, to cover this topic, we will be reading Proverbs scriptures from the chapter 6, 13, 16, 20, and 21. And it begins. Proverbs 6, 6 to 11. Go to the ant, O sluggard, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provisions in the harvest. How long will you die, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest? Your poverty will come like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. Proverbs 13, 4 says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing but the soul of the diligent is made fast. fast. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Proverbs 16.9 says, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 20.13 says, do not love sleep or you will become poor. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with food. Finally, Proverbs 21, 5 says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who who is hasty comes surely to poverty. Amen. 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 (laughs) All right. Like this is pretty much, it's wise to be a diligent worker. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in these Proverbs, there's a comparison to the ant who doesn't have any uh, uh, ruler or chief or or anyone giving them directions, but is always working, Correct. always moving. We, we use the term worker bee, but here um, Proverbs uses ant because an ant is always marching, has a goal. Right. An ant is always moving, collecting, gathering. But we love rest. I love rest. I love sleep. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Weekends, I sleep because I don't really sleep. During, during the, the week. week. So on weekends, I sleep. Right. But I think about all the things that I have to do and it gives me anxiety. And then come Monday, um, Sunday night, I actually don't sleep at all <laughs> because I have anxiety about all the things that I didn't do <laughs> and all the things, things that I have, have to, to do. do. <laughs> and so, I mean, basically Solomon is telling us that we need to be diligent and we need to be working all the time like ants because we get to store up the things that we need, right? He says that if we're not diligent, we're poor. Right, right. <laughs> Nobody wants to be poor, right? No we one. live in a very materialistic world. We we do live in this world. I know we shouldn't be of the world, but we do chase after things of wealth, right? We all like to have means because we know that that's a way for us to enjoy our lives, 
But if we're not working, if we're not being diligent, we will not be able to make gains in our life. And and he even goes on to say, like, when you're diligent and you submit your ways to God, he will plan it out. He will give you. So it's not only just be hardworking, right? Like the ant is hardworking, Mm -hmm. but are the ways submitted to God? I don't know. I don't know what the ant is thinking, but. If we commit our ways to God, God will bless us. And we know the return that God gives us is supernatural. So we're going to get more. We're going to reap more than what we sow. Amen. Amen. I love what you said, Yemi, about reaping what we sow, because that is the ideology. That is the goal. That is the purpose of the ant. Mm-hmm. The ant is always working. The ant is a planner. The ant is 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 an executioner or, or executes everything that it does. The ant always has a goal in mind. And you're right, like the idea of a busy bee, an ant, if you just watch the way they maneuver, they're constantly doing stuff. They're programmed to go gather something, take it back to the nest or colony and continue to replicate and, and support and, and be working. And when Solomon uses that term, when he compares the ant to a sluggard who's sluggish, which, you know, when you think of the seven deadly sins, one of them is, 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 is what it is not, it's not sluggish, but it's that whole sloth. idea of sloth. Exactly. I think of a sluggard like a sloth, slow moving, slow to act, slow to react. Everything about it is not something that is showing of someone who is productive. And this idea that if you are a sluggard, then you will be poor because people who are wealthy, not just wealthy in in finances, but wealthy in knowledge, they're constantly doing things. They're constantly feeding their brains with with, with, with literature and things like that. It's the same idea of the spiritual nourishment that you get when you're constantly working while someone who's sluggish, I think the same idea of a couch potato wants to sit, not be, you know, productive, but be reactive, you know, don't do anything that is going to, I would say, compel them to be better. I think this is why Solomon mentions the two totally different animals, I would say, that have totally different characteristics and says, you're either going to be this and get this result, or you're going to be get, get this and have this result. And what he adds in addition to is to say, if you put it before God, then your, your, your prayers will be answered. Yeah, I think Solomon is totally against procrastination. <laughs> it's fair to say that because all of these scriptures, the end result are things that we don't want. And we know that like when we're reading Proverbs, there's always like this consequences for your actions could be destruction, folly. Mm-hmm. Here, it's poverty over and over and over. And like the one who's diligent, the one who submits their ways, they become fat, right? They become happy. And like Philia, like Philia mentioned, like people who are successful, they have these habits Mm -hmm. and routines that they're not sleeping. They're waking up early. They're committing to these things. I remember reading a book like The Miracle Morning. You do like these five things in the morning that would help you jumpstart your day. Even I, like now I know that I don't have the ability to exercise during the day, which I used to. I should be exercising in the morning, but I'm so tired. I'm like, I don't have time to exercise. But I know if I exercise, I have more energy and I feel better and my mood is better. So it's like, just wake up a little bit earlier and push yourself because the results are better. And so why is it that 
we know that if we do X, Y, and Z, if we are diligent, if we work, (laughs) why is it that we don't do it? Why is it that we struggle with procrastination? I don't know. I don't know anyone who doesn't struggle with procrastination in some aspect or area of their life. And I don't understand why we do it. Right. Um, You know, it's funny because a lot of people who procrastinate and the end result is still some form of success, even on a small scale, they don't have anything to learn from because they haven't reached rock bottom. They haven't suffered the consequences of their procrastination because you hear people, oh, my greatest papers are produced when I'm doing it at the last minute, but when I plan in advance, and I just think that's just a small percentage because I think those statistics don't correlate with the actions, right? But it, it does say that you don't need to be stressed in the last moments when you can spread it out and use your time wisely. Because if you think about it, if you're waiting to the last minute, then things that you could be doing, you no longer can do because now you're trying to do a single focus on something that should have been done in the beginning. And it gives you a more fulfilling life if you're able to spread that life, spread the wealth, do this, do that, do this, do that, as a, which is what an ant would do, as opposed to not doing anything. And then all of a sudden you're trying to do damage control. Like it doesn't work that way. How can you continue to reap the benefits of your blessings if you're going to wait at the last minute to all of a sudden gather all of these talents, all of these gifts, all of these everything and pack it all in one shot? Doesn't work that way. Yeah, I think um, I think that's exactly right. Like it's wiser to spend your time being diligent. This is why we're doing this because we want to unlock wisdom. We want to be wiser. Yeah. You may work well under pressure, but there's like (laughs) that law of disaster. I don't know if it's like Murphy's law. I don't want to quote that and be wrong, but like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. wrong, So if you waited to the last minute and things become like, why is it when I sat down to do my work, everyone is calling me, the computer doesn't work. But if you, if you started a week ago and your computer, you, your computer didn't work, you had time time to to go get it fixed and have time. So like Philly said, it's, you use your time more wisely and, you know, procrastinate I'll read the, the Webster's Dictionary. It's to put off intentionally and habitually mm. to put off doing something that should be done. So we know that it should be done, but we intentionally and habitually put it off. And we have all kinds of excuses, right? We can say, I'll do it later because I work well under I'll pressure. Oh, you know, right. Monday, <laughs> somebody said, I fail every day that ends with a day. You know what I mean? It's like you already calling yourself right. a failure. Right. And I like that you brought up the ant because the ant doesn't pick up like a whole cookie. Mm-mm. The ant will take a piece, go to where it needs to go, put the cookie, put a piece of the cookie, come back. Like it's always working little right. by little. Right. And that's the part that I think sometimes we f- we forget because we live in a world where we see a lot of success on the internet and we think it's overnight. Right. We don't see the people carrying 
put bits and pieces of the cookie to the other side and how heavy and how tired they were and how they didn't get sleep. We only see the success and we want the success. So we think we can procrastinate because we work well under pressure. We think that we can be the overnight success. And when, and when we build this habit of procrastination mm-hmm. and we're not successful, what happens is that we give up quickly. And I, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, right? When I feel like if I put in a lot of effort and I fail, I feel really bad. Right, right, <laughs> but if right. I put, don't put in a lot of effort and I fail, I'll be like, well, at least I didn't, I didn't, you know, waste my time doing it. Right. But what if I habitually put in a lot of effort and sometimes I fail, but sometimes I succeed right. because if I put in little effort all the time and that was intentional and habitual, I'm never going to be a success. Right. I'm always going to come up short. And we want to break these bad habits. Mm-hmm. We want to prioritize and make use of our time for the better. I think there's some important things that the author tells us that we can do in order to help us overcome procrastination. One, we can make plans, prioritize and organize. We can submit these plans to God. We can pray daily over these tasks and we can examine and re-examine our motives and we can act. And these, these seem like not that big of a deal, to be honest. But imagine if you wanted to do something and you made a plan and you said, I want, I want a Tesla, Mm -hmm. right? And, Mm -hmm. and, but you can say, I want a Tesla and make no plans. You have to go find out how much it costs, see if you have the money. Do you need to apply for, uh, a loan? Can you get approved for a loan? What documentation do you need? What are the fees that you actually need to come out of pocket? Do you have to put in a down payment? Like you're making a plan and you're actively working on it because now you know what the things that you need to do. And it says, submit your, he says, submit your plans to God because God will establish your steps, right? When you're submitting your plans to God and it's part of God's will, it would be that much better. Or he'll give you something even better than what you have. That's He gives you above and beyond what you can hope for or even imagine. That's what the Bible says. But if you're just doing it on your own without submitting your plans to God, how can God help you? And I'm talking about big plans. Everything you should submit to God, right? Like you should be in constant communication with God. But how will you get that access, right? Like if you, we know, like if I wanted a Tesla and I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to get this loan. I need a loan. <laughs> Who am I going to submit my plan right. to God? I'm going to pray that that loan comes through because right. in the last minute I need it. But it says all, submit all the thing, like ask him because maybe a Tesla isn't the right thing for me. Right. And God can tell me, yummy. That's not the right thing for you. But you know what? We can get you a car because you need a car and it'll work for you and it'll fit into your finances and you don't have to um, overextend yourself. But you submit your plans to God because when you submit your plans to God, be honest. Like when you talk to God, you kind of, you don't, you, you're not going to say the most outlandish things. Right. right? Because it's like the Holy Spirit is already convicting you. Like now, you know, right. You shouldn't be driving no Tesla. (laughs) It's like, like where you want to charge that Tesla? You can't barely pay for gas. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Get your Metro card (laughs) and go where you need to go. That, that is so funny. You said that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, because I think that, 
when you do submit to God, you have your moral compass all of a sudden becomes, takes precedence because I remember even um, today or yesterday in the office, I had an opportunity to order uh, laptops for myself and my staff. So I started off first saying, oh, I'm going to request the top of the line, you know, MacBook, this and that, well, all the apps and this and that. And then for my staff, mid-grade, you know, first it started off like that. There's no such thing. Exactly. (laughs) A Chromebook. And just the wording made me say, why should I say mid-grade for my staff? Knowing that they might be actually even more savvy and they will be utilizing it more than myself. So it made me change the language and everyone is on the same page. But you're right. I think that when you are submitting your plans to God, it makes you really truly think about what's important or the things that you actually need and the things that you actually want or versus the things that you actually want. Also, I wanted to mention that this idea of setting your goals and doing the things that that you need in order to manifest them, it's also teaching us good practices. Mm-hmm. And I and I think this those practices are similar to the way the ant goes about doing their thing. Like if an ant or if you see a colony of ants doing work and you put something in front of their path, they stop, they gather, and then they 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 take on another path, but the work still gets done. Yeah. It doesn't stop because you put something in their path. And I really think that is a, a great analogy of what God wants for us. It's like put a plan into action. Think of a plan and a plan and a plan because one, we don't know that we're always going to go through challenges. We're going to have hurdles. We're going to have hills. We're going to have valleys. But at the end, the promised land and the promise will always be at the end, our end goal. So keep that end in mind in a sense, right? So I think that when we uh, put God first, God always makes a way. So if something comes and um, obstructs our our path, another way is now set for us to meet that goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like, when we submit our plans to God, God will help us. Now, it might not necessarily be the help that we intended or we had in our mind because we wanted, I'm just using the example of the Tesla, right? We wanted the Tesla and, and but God, you know, softened our hearts, mm-hmm. showed us a different path and said like, maybe you don't need a Tesla. Or maybe it's like, listen, I, you know what, girl, <laughs> a Tesla, no, you want to get a what is it? <laughs> a G wagon. Yeah. My daddy. I mean, I'm saying all this thing. I'm just joking around. But in essence, when you submit your plans to God, you're you're conscious about it. Correct. You're thinking about it. And the Holy Spirit works within you. He can help you. Right. And a plan is not just saying, I see and I want Once, it. No, right. you work hard, you grind, and then and you, you own get it. it. Yep. Those are words from Beyonce, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is that making a plan is not just saying the end result. Right. It's actually listing out goals and steps that you need in order to get there. And when you're submitting your plan to God, he can help you. He can help you show you the ways to go there. He can show you what other steps you need. He can open doors for you because Mm. sometimes we don't even know how we're going to get there. Like people talk about like the power, the, 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 
the power of the secret, right? Like you think about it, you think about it, you think about it, and it manifests. Mm-hmm. This is submit your plan to God and pray over it. Right. And God will, will give you a miracle, right? Correct. That is the secret, to yes. be honest. Yes. That is the secret. That is the secret. I mean, the author even tells us that we need to pray about it. Yes. That means that we're constantly talking about it. We're fixated on the fact that we have these goals and we're we're talking about the plans, right? We're not just saying the end result when we're praying about it. We're talking about the steps that we need to take to get there. And you know what God is going to do in these prayers? It's going to be at the forefront of your mind. It's a communication with God that God can reveal things to you. He can talk back to you. You can talk to him. It's going to be, it's going to open doors. That's what prayer is. It's this communication between you and God. And then after you prayed about it and you submit your plans to God, you made the plan, you prayed about it, you submitted it to God, you examine your motives. Mm. And the author says that this is important because we need to make sure what we're doing is not because I need to be better than Mrs. Jones next door, right? Right. Like I want a Tesla because Mrs. Jones has the new Lexus uh, electric car and I want to show her up. I want to be like, I got a Tesla. (laughs) So, (laughs) so you examine your motives. Like, why do you, why do you want to achieve this plan? Why do you need, why do you, why do you think it's for your good? Examining and re-examining your plan and your motives means that you're taking stock of what it is that you need to do and if you can actually do it and Mm -hmm. why you need to do it. This is an important part of the planning process. Now, I know it seems like, wow, I'm doing a lot of thinking Mm -hmm. and praying and talking about it, but this is how you flesh out your plan. Mm -hmm. This is how you visualize your plan. This is before you can even move, you need a plan. You need to think about it first. It needs to be manifested from your heart. Then, you know, you speak it, then you think it, then you start to act upon it and then it becomes habitual. Right. And these are the things like procrastination is consistent, habitually not doing the things that you're supposed to do in a timely fashion. So when you want to make these good things habits and um, um, setting an end goal in mind and actually executing it, those things become habitual because you are consistently making an effort to reach those particular goals. And I think that keeps us actively seeking, actively praying, actively wanting, actively appreciating because that's what the sitting does. The sitting makes us complacent. And I think God wants to tell us or Solomon wants to teach us in this, do not be complacent. You must always be uh, uh, asking, submitting yourself, humbling yourself so that in the presence of God, because that is pleasing to him. So that's the reason why being sluggish is not the way to go. Right. I mean, we we know from reading this that procrastinating means that you will be under pressure. You may make mistakes. You may fail. Right. right? You want to you want we want to change our attitudes Mm -hmm. and our actions. Right. I don't want to be a procrastinator. There's a lot of things that I want in life. And I feel like when I procrastinate, I I've already given up. Mm -hmm. That's why this author is giving us steps that we can do, because when we plan and we have steps and we submit it to God, we are actually thinking about it. We're actually making it a part of our life. This is a real goal. We don't just talk about it to someone and just throw it by the 
on wayside because it was too hard. Right. We actually made plans and we're moving on our steps so that we have rewards. There's rewards in being diligent and being a worker. When the ant is moving that piece of cookie to the other side, he knows when he looks back, he sees that the, the halfway, they're halfway there. Right. You know, you just keep moving. There is reward in actually doing the work because you feel good. You feel like you're accomplishing. When we procrastinate, we're hard on ourselves. I know my myself personally, if I procrastinate, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. Or I should have done it on time. I constantly berate myself for my failure to act. And I don't want to do that. And I don't want to be in poverty. <laughs> and I don't want to be a sluggard, right? right? Like right. I want to be fat and happy and have spent my time. Like when you have an abundance. Mm -hmm. You have the ability to give. You feel good about giving, right? Now you have more time to do other things. All these rewards that you can re reap if we're just a little bit more productive. And Solomon is telling us, he's telling his children, he's telling the court, listen, I'm the wealthiest man around. <laughs> I still, I work. People say that there is gold on the floor. Right. We work hard. People come in. Everybody here is workers. Can you imagine the city at that time? Everybody working. That's how wow. they were so wealthy. wealthy. That's amazing. And it was because of his wisdom right. that he's passing down to us. Right. I don't want to just talk about money. That's like generational wealth a little it bit. It is generational right. wealth. Right. I think it was you that we were talking mm -hmm. about like passing on a trait to your children, Correct. like right. having your children work in the business right. so right. that they can see things, how it goes. This is how right. you build the knowledge. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy with your children. Mm -hmm. Don't be lazy and a lazy example for your children. Right. Show them what non-procrastinators look like. Okay. Show them what diligent work looks like. We're, we're called to do things on this earth. Mm -hmm. And when our time ends, we can't say to God, oh, but I was tired. Right. <laughs> right. What's your excuse? Right. <laughs> like, you're like, right. I'm busy all the time. Like, right. Right. There's there's things that says you have the same 24 hours as Beyonce. Correct, right? right? I don't like it because Beyonce has a lot of help. But guess what? The time when she didn't have the help, she was, she was utilizing yeah. 20, like three of those hours <laughs> practicing she and doing grinding, the things that she needed she was to do. Working hard, and Absolutely. I think it's a good example for us to be to say like to elevate, to elevate, yeah, and then to tell people this is what we do, right? Yes. Like we submit our plans to God. God helps us. We re-examine the motives so that yeah. we're not we know we're not doing things out of selfishness. Right. Like if 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 my goal was the Tesla and God was like, "Yummy, really, this mm -hmm. is your goal, the Tesla." Like, look around you, serve the world, do right. maybe use that money for something else. I I would have moved, I would have changed my plan because my heart would have changed because I was talking to God about these things. Right. Or he was like, you know what, Yemi, there's something better out there for you. It, you know, you don't need a Tesla. You need X, Y, and Z. You need a business. You need to own a fleet of Tesla and then use that as a way to better the environment because now you have electric cars right. and now you have these better taxis that you're like, all these things can happen when you submit your plans to God. Mm. When you re-examine your motives, right. because when you get a roadblock in your plan yep. and you, that's the time you go to God, you didn't have the opportunity to make changes right. in a While way that was, was meaningful Correct. that you were satisfied right. with. Now you're forced to make these changes. Correct. So submit your ways to God. Submit your ways to God. Mm -hmm. And oh, well, amen. <laughs> I love this. I 
know that this topic is going to resonate with a lot of our viewers because procrastination is something that we all, to some degree, struggle with. So I can't wait for us to be able to talk about this uh, next week. But um, in the meantime, we hope you enjoyed this discussion on the grind of procrastination. Uh, Stay tuned for our closing prayer and our announcement. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed our discussion on the wisdom of fighting against procrastination. Please check out our Instagram page for updates. And if you like us, spread the news and follow us. We are treading faith. Click that like button and then comment and share with your family, friends, and neighbors alike. Now, if you haven't done so, we are still continuing to fill our jars of joy with a note, a scripture, a prayer, or simply something that God has done for you in the name of Jesus. It's not too late to catch up. Every week counts. Now, let us join together in prayer because we believe in the power of prayer. God desires that we come to him and be restored back into his grace and favor. Isaiah 55, 11 says God's word does not come back void. Now, since our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come together into agreement for this closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for our spirit of procrastination. Lord, thank you for all that you do. Thank you for providing us with everything that we need in our lives. We are grateful for our friends. We are grateful for our families. We are grateful for life. Father God, today, though we continue to need your help, we have this thing that we do, and we know that things that need to be done, Father God. We just keep putting it off, keep finding other things to do instead of just facing the task at hand. And we know, Lord, that you ask us not to procrastinate. We know that we should get things done in a timely fashion, Father God. We know that you ask us not to be sloths or or, or to, to, to have sluggish ways, Father God. But at the end of the day, sometimes we just can't get it together. So, Father God, we ask that you give us strength to provide, to give us the motivation and the courage to have tenacity and to have growth and to encourage us, Father God, to have willpower to do the things that we're supposed to do in a timely fashion, Father God. Father God, we ask that once we get started, that you help us remain focused, Father God. We are coming to you not to put off what needs to be done, but for us to gain some of the strength that we know that we need in order for you to be pleased with our actions, Father God. Father God, we know that television changes the way that we see our own lives. So we pray for forgiveness, Father God, for we do not know. Sometimes we're not appreciative of the things that you have given us, Father God, but we stand here today praying before you to ask for your forgiveness, Father. We are grateful for everything that you have done, everything you are doing, and everything you continue to do in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Father God, we know that the music sometimes is playing and the TV is going and the washing machine is going and there's noise everywhere. And we know, Father God, that 
when there is noise everywhere, sometimes it's very difficult for us to stay focused, Father God. But we ask that you help us, help us with that spirit. That, that spirit of procrastination. Help us to, to prioritize the things that are important. Guide us through our strength, our hands, our worth, Father God. Break the things that, that cause us issues and help us to focus on the task at hand, Father God. Father God, guide us towards you. Guide us towards what is best. Bring our friends and family that will kindly push us into the right direction. Unlock our thoughts, Father. Open our mind to what needs to be done, Father. And we ask that Holy Spirit speaks to us, whispering in our ear, so that we set a reasonable timeline, Father God, in the things we're supposed to go Father, we know that we can accomplish anything at task, but we also know that we have to continue to love and appreciate and honor you, Father God. Father, as always, you know, you know our hearts. You know that providing us gives us the motivation to empower us. Father God, you are everything, Father. Father God, you are our strength. Father God, you are our Father God, from the words of our mouths to the meditation of our hearts may be pleasing and acceptable to you. In Jesus' precious name, we all continue to pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We hope you thoroughly enjoyed it as much as we did or we have. We pray that you all continue to walk in love and light and always remember to be kind to one another. Until then, we can't look, we, we can't wait to see you next week in our live. And we hope you enjoy listening to this podcast this morning. We love you. Be well. Take care.